Well, good morning, New Hope. Pastor John, uh, great to be with you in week three of the You Asked For It series, and I'll be doing the uh, traditional versus modern church today, but just want to remind you here at the beginning, it's okay to text in church today. You can text questions for myself, and Jeremiah will come up and join me at the end of the message, and we'll, we'll go through some of those questions. But this number is on your bulletin. It's right there, 763-325-9227. If you're watching online, you can text in those too. Well, back in the early 2000s, my, my wife Erin and I would have the joy of leading worship at our uh, our church, uh, Park Avenue Methodist, with our elementary kids, we'd go to Honey Rock Camp. Honey Rock Camp is this awesome camp in Three Lakes, Wisconsin. It's Wheaton College's camp. And we had a taste of heaven on earth when we would uh, get to worship at the chapel at Honey Rock. It was kids from all these different cultural backgrounds. Worship was loud, it was fun, and it was blessed by God. And one of the fan favorites was Slamma Jamma. Do you want to hear it? You don't need no money. Salvation is free because the Lord died for you and he died for me. So when it comes to Honey Rock, you know, you know that we're ferocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Slamma Jamma! Oh! Oh! Slamma Jamma! In first service, I asked Jeremiah if he wanted me to teach, teach him that for the youth group. He said, John, we got to change with the times. <laughs> I love that. You know, um, precious times, amazing memories to be in that spot. And yet one of the most precious memories to me was in the back of the chapel was senior couple Bill and Ursula Ingle. I've mentioned her before, a great mentor to Aaron and myself, but they were worshiping along with us crazy kids and counselors. And I asked Ursula, how can you handle this? And she said, this isn't my style, preferred style of worship, but we love seeing kids and youth worshiping Jesus. And then she said something I'll never forget. She said, John, I don't worship one hour a week just when I'm in church. I worship the whole week. And so when I come to church, it doesn't have to be about my favorite songs or preferred style of worship. I think Jesus loves that heart and loves that response. And I think it's so key to what we're talking about today, traditional versus modern church. Worship isn't about us. It's about him. And we're called to, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, but we have to get over ourselves Obviously, I couldn't read your minds when you uh, responded, if you responded to the you know, topics for the series. But I think if we're honest, it most of the time comes down to our preferred styles of worship, what we're, what we're used to, what we enjoy. And that's good. We should care <laughs> about how we worship. We should care about worship. Can I get an amen? We're called to worship him. If we had to make a list... Um, tradition versus modern. Maybe some of the things on the list would be like this. Uh, for traditional hymns for music, uh, for modern church, more modern contemporary worship. If you're visiting today, can you tell what we are? And I think there's a neat balance too. Um, 
Traditional church has traditions, familiar ways. Maybe it doesn't change as much. Uh, modern church may be more open to change and new things. Um, in the traditional church, it's really simply based on the preaching of the word. And in a, in a modern church, it's going to be preaching the word, but how does this apply or how is this relevant? So practical application of the word. And in traditional church, there's simple or no technology. And in modern church, there's a lot of advanced technology. So when we think about it, what are we used to? What do we, what do we, what do we enjoy? We should care about it, but again, we have to always be honest and say and do a gut check of why we struggle with something or why we think. So the big question of the day is what does the Bible have to say on the matter? of traditional versus modern church. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 to 23. Follow along as I read the Apostle Paul. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. And so in this passage, the Apostle Paul is showing the Corinthian church that his freedom in Christ has enabled him to, to freely move among different groups, to become all things to all people, to be laser-focused on the vision and mission of Jesus' church, to seek and save the lost. In Paul's descriptions, we see that the, the form or the style of worship is not the important part. It's the content, the gospel. He, it's crystal clear in Verses 22 through 23. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. The question, church, is are we all in so we can go all out? In other words, are we all in? Are we on board with the mission that God has given us to seek and to save the lost? Paul is willing to use whatever means to go and reach people for Jesus. And so it ultimately doesn't matter what type of music or preaching style, worship styles, matters are we going on mission with Jesus. Paul challenges our selfish nature and what we want to hang on to, our favorite styles of doing church. Again, in verse 19, he says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Paul is using his freedom to exempt by what we call the I'm third principle. God first, others second, I'm third. It's easy to say that, isn't it? It's really hard to live that out on a continual basis. Paul says, I become a servant to others. It's not about his preferences. 
so that he may reach those with Jesus. I think he's literally following Christ's instruction in Matthew 20, verses 27 and 28. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. The very idea of servanthood challenges our pride, our ego, our self-centeredness. So the next time you struggle with something in church, ask yourself what's really going on. It's okay to have preferences. It's okay to care about the style of worship. We should care about that. But ask yourself, is this about me and my personal desires? And how can I continue to walk in freedom and be a servant to all? Whether we're modern or traditional church, every church finds itself on this spectrum, the spectrum of church life. We're either word-based or spirit-based. And I'm so thankful for the denomination where our church came out of in the late 1880s in Sweden, there was revival. And the people couldn't get enough of the word and they couldn't get enough of the Holy Spirit. So in the infancy of this church, it was a balance of, of the word and of the spirit. The psalmist says, I have hidden his word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We need to know the word of God, but then we need to be led by the spirit and follow his leading. We can either have a high church formal style of church or we can have a a low church informal. What do you think we are? Both have benefits, both styles. We can either be a liturgical or a non-liturgical. Now, if you grew up Lutheran or Catholic, you, you know what the liturgy is. The liturgical calendar of the year has broken up the scripture, and those are written out for preaching texts, and, and there's scripted prayers, and there's a beauty in the liturgy to get us to know all, all the scriptures throughout. But there's these different styles, and there's also an inward focused where we may be more focused on... Uh, good teaching and growing up in the Word. The Bereans in the New Testament knew the Word of God. So there's an inward focus and there's an outward focus, going out and serving. No matter who we are, we need to seek to strive to have balance. Even though we're a a modern-focused church, we want to lean on those who are deep in in traditions and deep in a reverence for God to, to balance us out. I love how Pastor Bill has set a culture of better together where he champions all the churches of East Central Minnesota. We haven't arrived. We're just going to be somewhere on this spectrum, but we can have an appreciation for the broad spectrum of styles. Matt Redman's song from years ago, Heart of Worship, is still relevant for today, relevant for this. says in there, I'm getting back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's a confession that we've made worship about us or our preferences, and it's all about him. Jesus showed us it's okay to change the style of worship. He came to fulfill the law. All that which is in the Old Testament points to him. All the objects that were in the temple were a foreshadow of him, the image of God. And so it's okay to change. And when we look at worship in the New Testament, the book of Acts, there's really not a lot to go on. There's, they, they got together, they broke bread, we'll break bread during the final song. 
communion. They, they listened to the apostles' teaching, to the word. They had fellowship. But there's a lot of freedom in how you go about that. Jesus challenged the Pharisees. He challenged tradition to make sure it's not man-made tradition. It's what God calls us to out of reverence and love for him. I love that church and business have very similar in that you don't want to change the vision and mission of your business. You're called to make widgets, you make widgets. We're called the vision and the mission of the church since Jesus gave us the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them next Sunday, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That mission and that vision doesn't change. We've got to be laser-focused on that. But the goals and the strategies to that mission and vision can change. And we should be looking. Are we being effective in that? Are we seeing salvation? Are we seeing baptisms? Are we seeing growth? Those things can change. But the heart of it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was willing to become all things to all people, be willing to change his strategies his styles, so that he could lead people to Jesus. It's so, it's so important to know what is the vision of the church and how has God uniquely called us to be his church and to stand alongside the universal church, the, the, the Catholic, the universal church, not universalist. Sorry. What has he called us to do? Appreciate all styles, but go in the way that he calls us. I wanted to just highlight uh, this book. Gordon MacDonald wrote a great fictional book, Who Stole My Church? And it's, it's an awesome way of, of looking at a fictional story. I use this with my former church. It was a great way to walk through, hey, when we, when we feel like the style of church or the old style of church, we've, we've lost that style. How do we walk through this? And this is a great book that looks at that and, and, and parses that out. Uh, highly recommend that if you're interested in it. Gordon MacDonald, Who Stole My Church? Whose church is it anyways? It's God's church. It's not our church, right? But how do we walk through that? And I think it just comes back and it brings us back to, to our friend Ursula who said, I don't worship one hour a week. So may we all worship day in and day out. May we all be prompted by the example of Paul to use our freedom to become all things to all people and to walk reverently and intimately in awe of our holy and mighty and gracious God. Jeremiah, would you come up? Hopefully you're getting some questions here. We can, we can walk through some of those. Okay. As part participants in a modern church format, what are some practical ways we can gain more balance in our spiritual lives? That's an awesome question. I think just that humility to, to say, hey, we're, we're this kind of, how can we get some balance? I know for myself in walking through spiritual direction and uh, going to study spiritual direction to help sit in the presence of God with people, I was so blessed by uh, reading, 
you know, some of the old uh, monks that had different prayer practices that we don't typically do here, some silent prayer or some centering prayer, just learning from different models. Uh, And I think that comes with just looking out for mentors, right? We want everyone to be discipled, and we want everyone to then disciple others. And as we uh, look to uh, others in the faith uh, that are more mature than us, we can grow from them and learn from their example, and we can grow together. But that's a, that's a great thing to be, hey, I want to deepen and get new experiences that are beyond just the way we do things. Yeah. Do babies need to be baptized to go to heaven? Well, uh, we are a Baptist church, so <laughs> we say we can't baptize kids till they're sixth grade. So it's a, we believe in adult baptism here. Um, and I think that, you know, there's the just the kind of the teaching in the church of the 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 age of reason, that we believe if a baby dies and they have not got to that age of reason where they can uh, consciously make a choice to, to call on Jesus, that they're, they're going to be with the Father until they have that opportunity. How can an addict be a believer? Are they truly a believer? Since the evidence is, for, is from the fruit and they seemingly have none, destroying all that they love. Well, I love that. I mean, in, in Hope Recovery, we say we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that we are saved by grace, but we're called to be sanctified, to be growing. So I think if we, you know, the Bible clearly says if we call on the name of Jesus, we'll be saved. And he wants to, to have us, he wants to give us empowering grace to grow in that. Uh, but we, it's all a process. We're all, we're all on a journey. Um, one day, we'll be like him. But until then, keep growing. Yeah. My, 19, my 19-year-old grandson attends a church that preaches more tolerance than truth. What are some conversation starters to help him seek more of the truth? Well, I think, uh, you know, there has to be a balance, right? We, we should be uh, the most tolerant of, of people. Jesus uh, went amongst the sinners, but then Pastor Justin preached the woman caught in adultery a few weeks ago, and he says, go and sin no more. So we're saved by that grace. There should be um, evidence of conviction. And maybe the person is just asking, do you, do you hear is the Bible taught that uh, convicts us of our sin, right? God loves everyone, but he wants to save us, and he wants to give us freedom to come out of that sin. So is there truth and is there grace together? Why do we still have membership? <laughs> we got this one, and I Sandy too. And uh, so, we we believe it's a great opportunity to. I said, are you all in to go all out? Uh, to become a member is to to kind of really um, be all in to say, hey, I I care about this church, and it's kind of a sense of ownership that I want to be a part of it. I want to be serving. I want to be using my gifts for the body of Christ. Some churches now are not doing membership, and they that's fine. You know, again, I think there's there's different reasons for that, but we we believe that there's an opportunity, and I've been really excited the last few sessions, just uh, great numbers of people coming out and, and becoming members and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I'm a part of the body of Christ here at New Hope, and uh, we're not owners. God's the owner, but we're stewards of the gifts he's given us. How important is corporate worship, and why does God want us to meet? Well, I... Uh, I texted you after first service uh, when you were 
giving announcements. I, I don't think it was the pizza last night. I felt, I felt a little Jesus. I was so encouraged, right, of your enthusiasm uh, for, for baptism and your enthusiasm for being a part of the church was blessing me. And so we need to be worshiping God individually every day, right? Uh, worship God all the time, but there's something special of coming together. It's, it's the presence of Jesus uh, in Acts. We are the temple. We have the Holy Spirit in us if we've asked Jesus into our heart. But you all are the temple too. And we all come together and experience Jesus. So they're both so important. Yeah. Do you think there's a difference between leading worship and putting on a show slash concert? Great question. Again, it comes to the heart. It's not the style. You could have be putting on a show and doing Liberace. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know if you love Jesus or not. I don't know. You could do formal worship. You could have a choir up here, uh, whatever. It's not the style. It's the heart. Are you, are you broken before God? Are you seeking to make it all about Jesus, regardless of the style? I think you can put on a show informal and informal styles of worship. As a volunteer, do I need to also become a church member? Well, that, there's that encouragement, right? We are so thankful that whether you're online, whether you're here, that you're, that you're here. Uh, we are so thankful for that. But we, we, we call people, hey, if you're watching online, come. come. There's something special about being together uh, in person uh, when, when you can do that. And we want to always call people to that next step. We want to be calling people to grow in their, in their walk with Jesus, to be using their gifts. We, we want to encourage our volunteers to, to become members. So uh, it's not mandated, but it's encouraged, and it's, it's that invitation. I believe Jesus wants to lead us more and more into who we are called to be together and individually. Yeah. Last question. Is it, is it okay to leave a church because you don't like how traditional it is or how modern it is? Great question. You know, um, I want to circle back to Ursula, our friend Ursula. We had uh, blessed um, some people to go off and to start a church, um, and a good friend had started a church out of there. But in, in a prayer session, she had the sense that a lot of people had left that had not been released by God. And so I have so appreciated people I've walked with in church ministry over the years that Maybe they've struggled with something or they're wrestling. I mean, we're in a spiritual warfare, right? So Satan's going to throw all kinds of things and, and uh, make us, hey, I want to go, you know, at the drop of a hat. The question is, are we going to God and are we saying, God, have you released me? And so I've been so blessed by people that have obediently followed God, even when they've struggled or from times to times with the personal styles. Um, hey, we're going to release people and bless them, but it's that call to be God, what have you called me to? Do you well before before you pray? Um, all that was in the Old Testament leads to Jesus. All the way that the temple was set up leads to Jesus. And when he gathered his disciples, and to have the Passover lamb, he was doing something monumental. <laughs> they had always sacrificed a lamb to, you know, shed blood for for their sins. And he's saying, I am the Passover lamb. So today in this final worship song, let's partake. This is Christ's body. The bread is Christ's body broken for you. And let's take the cup during the final song. You could just take it as, as they're opening the song and 
Um, go before God. If there's anything you need to confess before him, what's he calling you to walk in freedom? What's he, how's he calling you to worship him more and more? And this blood, this cup is his new covenant that we may follow him and become like him. Would you pray for us, Jeremiah? Lord, I just uh, pray over each and every one of the people, uh, our congregation here this morning that whatever they're going through, Lord, that they just give it to you. You know, we think that we just uh, can deal with things all by ourselves, but in reality, that we can't. Lord, I just pray um, for anybody who is thinking about getting baptized, Lord, that you will speak to them and say, hey, this is the best decision of your life, and um, just place that with them. And Lord, I also pray that, uh, that the next, this next worship song that the Holy Spirit will just move in this room. In Jesus' name, amen.